Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. Joined by Brandon Deutsch. Brandon, how are we doing, my friend? Uh, doing great. Excited for game one of the finals. Um, you know, I just finished up Baller Sports Dialogue pod with uh, Grant. We talked, uh, we did a whole preview, so that, that'll be fun um, for people to listen to as well. But uh going to be a good series. I think better than a lot of people are suspecting. Yeah, I mean, listen, I think that there's this feeling that, you know, especially with the way Denver uh, swept the Lakers, the way that they've looked during this postseason, that this will be a pretty simple uh, series for Denver. Uh, surprise to note, and I don't have the stat in front of me, but uh, again, the Miami Heat, again, you know, they only go to Denver once a season. So they haven't won in Denver in forever. I mean, I think it was back uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago. So it's been a long time. Again, tough place to play. And by the time you get used to it, then you're done with your two games. And then you go back uh, to Florida for games three and four. I'm thinking it's going to be a good series, Brandon. Um, I'm picking Denver in six. Um, and listen, I mean, listen, if it goes six, you, you never know. Six uh, game six would be in Miami if the Heat find a way to win. Would love to see a game seven. But again, I, I think when we look back at Denver this postseason, and they would certainly be in the conversation if they swept. I mean, this is a really great team. Uh, could be historically great when you look at what Nikola Jokic has done this season and could potentially do this postseason. Jamal Murray as well. They're a very good team. Um, your official prediction, I think you had to go in six as well, if I'm not wrong. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's going to be seven, actually. Oh, I think right. it's going to be Denver Denver and seven. And I would not be surprised if it's Miami and six or seven, honestly. I think I said this on the podcast with Grant yesterday. It, you know, um, I, Miami is has a really good defense. They make adjustments. They've got an excellent coach. Darvin Ham was a rookie head coach. I know he made adjustments against Steve Kerr. That was very impressive. He got completely outcoached by Mike Malone. And a lot of that was on the players, not just coaching. But I think, you know, Eric Spolstra, you know, that zone defense he plays is going to, I wouldn't say slow down Jokic because I don't think it does. But what I think it does do is they have guys, unlike the Lakers, that can actually score an offense, unlike, you know, Vanderbilt, yeah. no offense, but he needs to work on his jumper, great defender, and guys that can shut down a possible Jamal Murray 
or Michael Porter Jr. And what I think that does, that allows the game to slow down. And if the Heat are in a defensive battle, they're always going to win, right? Um, and I think Denver is extremely exploitable. As dominant as they are, they have six elite players, pretty much. And then their seventh guy, like, who do you put out there? Are they going to have to play Hayden Watson in this series to go and guard you know, a Tyler Hero off the bench if he comes back in game three, which it's looking like. Are they going to have to? Christian Brown, who's a rookie. Both of those guys rookies, right? Jeff Green's 36. You can't rely on him for big minutes. So I just think about it like this. Like, sure, it's possible Denver shoots 50% or whatever from three again and Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon and everyone's stepping up, you know, KCP on different nights. It's Sure, it's possible and, and it, perhaps maybe it's likely but I expect the Heat to at least take a couple and make this a competitive series. I don't think they're just going to wither away. No, exactly. Um, our guest friend Armani Buckets texted in. He's got Heat in six, uh, so we'll see if that happens. I mean, it would be one of the most improbable stories or uh, journeys in not just the NBA, but in sports history. Again, when you talk about a team that was a play-in tournament team, lost their first play-in game, to Atlanta was behind in the fourth quarter with less than four minutes left in their second do or die play in game to Chicago. Uh, beat the top seed in the league, Milwaukee, beats, you know, one of the hottest teams in the league in the Knicks and beats the number two team in the league in Boston. And then if they were to go on to beat Denver, which was the number three team in the league in terms of uh, where they finished. Uh, just a, a, an incredible run there. Um, a couple of people are, are are really in a position to put themselves in in a category that I don't know if a lot of us thought that they would be in. Let's start first with Miami Heat head coach Derek uh, Bolstra. If he wins a championship here, Brandon again, as I mentioned, one of has to go down as one of the most amazing coaching jobs in league history when you look at. Uh, what he uh, did and the journey that they took. But that would be championship number three, I believe, for him. And, uh, you know, really putting him in that conversation, you know, when you look at coaches that have won multiple championships, where do you view Spo? I mean, if he were to accomplish this feat, which would be an incredible journey again, where do you put him? I think he's a top 10 coach already of all time. I really do. Um, there's been some excellent coaches, uh, at least top 15. Um, but this is a guy who's made how many finals appearances? It's not just about the wins. Yeah. I think six, six, right? Because LeBron, LeBron lost two or did he lose one? Lost two, he, right? One of, he lost two. One of the yeah. Spurs, one yeah. of the Spurs, one of Dallas. Yeah. All right. Then he made it against the Lakers too and they lost. Um, and that right. was an impressive, impressive coaching, uh, you know, run. And so is this. Uh, he's just such an, a great coach. Um, and it, it, for me, it's like what he's done with less puts him in, you know, that top 10, in my opinion, because you could make an argument like back in the day, if you had a Paul Westfall, you know, coached for a year or two, Pat, Pat Riley's obviously up there, but guys that coached very talented teams, uh, it's different story because how much do you really have to do with a super talented team? Obviously Phil Jackson is up there because of how many championships he won, but he also had a ton of talented teams, right? Um, nothing against Phil. Uh, and the same goes for Steve Kerr. Steve Kerr's already, in my opinion, a top 10 coach of all time. Um, 
And those are two modern coaches that are still coaching. And three, if you add Popovich, right? Yeah. Three coaches that are still coaching that are top 10 all time. The Kerr's had a lot of talented teams as well, but he's also, he's one of the best offensive minded head coaches in basketball. I think this is just a great time for NBA basketball in general, not just the players. I think if we look deep, dig deep into it, the coaching is excellent all around too. Like even Darvin Ham learning on the spot. I know Lakers fans say what you want about him. He made enough adjustments to defeat the Warriors. Yeah. You know, and as a rookie head coach, Ime Adoka went to the finals last year as a rookie head coach. Joe Mazzulla won three games in a row when he was dead in the water. He has a lot to learn, but he made decent adjustments in those three games before game seven. So, and it saved his job. So for me, it's like Spolstra's top 10, but I think this era of coaching is also really elite. And I think it goes unnoticed when we're talking about like modern NBA. You know what'll be interesting with Joe Mazzula, by the way? And again, a lot of uh, 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 the Celtic fans that I've talked to uh, that have a problem with him is that they contend he doesn't really do a whole lot. You know, he claps, he chews gum, things like that. Um, the problem for Joe Mazzula, and if you had a problem with him this season and thought he would have been fired if they lost game four and he, if, if he essentially saved his job by winning three more games... It looks like Ime Udoka is going to basically take back his staff. I mean, um, you know, I mean, Joe's still going to uh, uh, remain as the head coach, but I think Ime is going to basically, um, you know, take all of his assistants away. And then at that point, you got Joe Mazzula trying to, uh, you know, hire his own staff. And I don't know what that looks like. If you're the Celtics, and again, Brandon, I agree with you. I think he saved his job by forcing that Game 7. That being said, they got blown out in Game 7. Um, if there's this feeling that Joe was, as, or, or maybe just the Celtics were as good as they were, because it wasn't just Joe Mazzulla, it was this coaching staff. But now this coaching staff is leaving to go to Houston. Do you still perhaps think about a change? Uh, no, I mean, I, I look, I think Joe, he's a rookie. He was a rookie head coach. Um, a lot of it was on the players, right? I mean, Brown at eight turnovers, Tatum in a big game, you know, he got hurt, really couldn't do much. Um, his rotations were fine. I mean, they weren't uh, excellent, but you relied on Derek White a little bit more. I think they're not even going to look at another coach. I think they're going to bring him back. They're going to give Brown his highest paid player in the league extension. Um, you know, they're going to just bring the whole team back and see what happens. I mean, they've been to five Eastern Conference finals and yeah. one finals, right? So, like, for me, it's, it's, you're, you were on the cusp. I mean, a whole year of learning. It's just so, it's so weird if you just bring in another guy, right? Like, who has perhaps more experience, but Joe Mazzola literally just took your team one game away from the finals, right? Um, yeah. So, I think as bad as, people want to call him as a coach the only thing he can do is improve right and we saw that throughout the series calling more crucial timeouts as the playoffs went on especially that series um you know being really uh you know pulling guys if they weren't performing like malcolm brogdon or you know even guys that needed rest like horford or williams if he wasn't performing like i i don't think it's even going to be a question around i think they'll just bring him back and yeah. a lot of the the questions we think about the Boston Celtics aren't going to be questions at all. They're going to give Brown his money. They're going to bring Missoula back. You know, I don't think there's there's going to be any question within the organization. Now, if I was GM, 
I would trade Brown, but that's because they're going to be hard capped in a couple of years because of Brown, you know, making 62 and 64, 66 million a year. I don't think he deserves as good of a player as he is. Um, but it's not what they should do. It's what they're going to do. And I think they already have their minds set up that they're going to do both of those things. Yeah. And uh, other conversation that you're going to be hearing a ton during this postseason, certainly if he does what he's done, and certainly if Denver looks as good as they have looked, Nikola Jokic, where does he rank? Again, historically speaking, Brandon, and you can touch on this so well, um, if he continues to put up the numbers he has this postseason, if they win this series in decisive fashion, whether it's four, five, or even six, listen, just if he wins a, a championship, um, you're going to be hearing conversation. Is, is he now top 20? Is he top 15? I know that's rarefied air, but Brandon, give us the stats here. I mean, what he's done in the regular season, we haven't seen before. And the only knock, quote unquote, knock against him is he didn't have a championship. By the way, Carl Malone didn't have a championship. Charles Barkley didn't. But now Nikola Jokic is in the finals. If And if he's not only in the finals but wins his championship, I promise you, first take, like all these shows are going to start talking, is the Joker a top 15, top 20, top 25 player in league history? And by the way, the recency bias on most of these shows is – <laughs> just rid- ridiculous and now now they're gonna try and pair you know Stephen a with shannon probably on first take and you know, <laughs> skip skip with like emmanuel Acho or something it's just gonna be complete reactionary takes to everything and it's wow. like for me i've always said it i think nicole Jokic, as soon as he won a second mv mvp was top 25 all time um, I think with this championship, he's top 20. I don't think there's uh, just what he's accomplished. He basically should have three MVPs, a finals MVP, and a championship after this year, right? But he's going to have two, probably a finals MVP and an MVP. And, and again, we talked about this, Rush. People are so dumb. Like, the last time this team was fully healthy, they lost to a Lakers team that was 57-0 and entering the fourth quarter with the league. A dominant defensive Lakers team that was top five in defense you know lebron was still in his prime um no offense to lebron now who's great at 38 39 but he's not the same as he was then he was still like prime lebron then he averaged 10.2 assists per game davis was healthy and playing at the best he's ever been that was the only team they lost to arash when they the last time they had michael porter jr jamal murray um so when i think about the knock on his playoff success what do you expect him to go beat the champions last year golden state with uh with um Monte Morris is a second best player or Aaron Gordon, you know, like, what do you expect from the guy? What he's done is just remarkable. I think, you know, talent statistically, he inefficient, inefficiency wise, he's the best offensive player all around we've ever seen. And I think, especially at the center position, that's on not arguable, but overall, certainly an argument to be have. If you look at just simply the stats throughout his career, he's the most efficient offensive superstar we've ever seen from all around the way he impacts his team and impacts winning. So I, look, I think he, if he wins the championship, he's top 20, but I wouldn't put him top 15 yet. I think he yeah. needs to, to do more in his career. I mean, then you're knocking off guys like you know, Carl Malone, who's, yeah. I know he does. I know he doesn't have a championship, but like the yeah. dude is what, how many, how many points, like 35,000 or something, 36,000, <laughs> some crazy, some crazy, um, and for me, or Olajuwon, who won three, what, two championships when Jordan was, when Jordan was, uh, you know, playing baseball. Um, 
you know, so like for me, I like, I'm not going to kick off Olajuwon for Jokic just yet, but uh, he's, he's certainly top 20 if he wins his championship, just on this being one of the more impressive title runs um, and impressive seasons in NBA history. And he's had three of the most impressive season in, seasons in NBA history in a row. And you cannot lock it in for four next year if he stays healthy. And where are they? At? I mean, because they, they've really put together a, a team that that core group has been together for a few years. <laughs> you know, normally when the finals are done, you'll get the way too um, early uh, picks for who's going to win the championship the following year. Again, a lot could change in terms of who's going to go, who's going to come back, what trades are made. But when you look at who's projected to come back, are they the favorite? If they win the championship this year and, and, and you're pro- projecting next season, are they the team to beat next season? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. They have to be the favorite if they win. I'm I'm always a firm believer if you win a championship, regardless of what your outlook is for the next year, you should be the favorite until you're dethroned or have a bad start to the season or something like that. Same thing in college football. Like, if Georgia's not number one, like, what are you doing? You know, I know yeah. they'll lose Stutz and Bennett and stuff like that, but they just won two straight national championships. They deserve to be number one. So I think if you're looking – and look, rarely does the repeat ever happen. Um, you know, we haven't seen it and since since the Warriors. Uh, they couldn't even get three with yeah. the Kevin Durant team. You know, I mean, that shows the the tenacity, the, the focus of the Shaq-Kobe teams and how dominant they were. And, you know um, – Jordan's teams as well because it's it's a rarity that the three-peat ever exists. The two-peat is even difficult. I don't think they're able to go back to back. I think like it's just there's so much parity in the league where the West is getting better. Um, I think a lot of people will watch film and break things down and see if they can exploit certain things about Denver next season based on watching the finals. There's not much you can do about Jokic, but there's certainly different ways you can guard the role players on the team and, and certainly Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And I think the Heat will show teams a lot of that in the series for next year. I'm not going to say lock it in, but of course they should be favored. It should be them. Yeah. It should be Milwaukee, Boston, Lakers, Miami. Like, it should be those teams. I mean, the teams that made it, I mean, they're going to bring most everybody back. Those are the teams that should be. I'm always a huge proponent of why should you be favored except Milwaukee because they're just so talented. They have a player like Giannis. Yeah. Why should you be other than them? Why should you be favored if you didn't make it far the year before with the same roster? Right. So of course they should be favored next season. Now it doesn't mean they're going to win. I don't think it's smart money to bet on them next year. Yeah. I will. I mean, but by the way, health is such a big key. You know, when you brought up the fact that the Warriors could not three P. <laughs> It was because they got hurt, obviously, in the final. I think if KD and Clay Thompson are healthy, they beat Toronto. And it's amazing how the dominoes will fall at that point. You know, what happens if the Warriors did three-peat? You know, what happens with them? Do they run it back? Does KD leave? What does Kawhi do? How do we view load management? I mean, it's really amazing when you look at it. Uh, before we go to break, um, sometimes I, I, I tease you, Brandon, about hyperbole. What are the great quotes of this Major League Baseball season? Noah Syndergaard said he would give up his firstborn if he could pitch like he once did. And it's really sad, Brandon, <laughs> to watch him do what he's doing on the mound. Again, I, I think, listen, the Dodgers took a flyer and there was no harm, no foul. But I think at this point, when Julio Urias is able to come back, Noah Syndergaard will no longer be 
on the main roster. As you look at his struggles, again, struggled yesterday in a 10-6 loss to Washington. What are you seeing out there, and is this the end of Noah? Yeah, uh, I think it is. Uh, you know, when the Angels, no offense to Angels, but when they get rid of you, something, you know, you should not sign that person because they have had slews of pitching issues. And um, they have, by no offense to their pitching coaches now, but they have by far not, like, like they don't have the best pitching coaches in the league. And if Mark Pryor can't work with you and get you back on track, you are absolutely screwed. No offense. I mean, Mark Pryor is one of the best pitching coaches in baseball, and he he's doing everything he can to help Noah, and he, he just can't do it. His velocity's down. You know, he's thrown a lot. He's a big dude. He's never had excellent mechanics. He's used his power to develop velocity, and, you know, his body's breaking down. He's probably lifting too much still. Um, and for me, it's like, yeah, he's finished. He's he's absolutely toast. Um, and the way Bobby Miller's pitching, you can't send him down. He's your best pitcher right now, right? So, like... It's over for Noah. I, I hope he finds somewhere where he can go and, and tr revolutionize his career. But he's bad on the Angels. He's bad on the Phillies. And he's even worse on the Dodgers. Not a good sign for his career. Yeah, I mean, that's the struggle there is that if, if you go to two franchises, especially the, the Dodgers, as you mentioned, you know, great coaching staff, great doctors. If If you can't figure it out there generally speaking, there's not going to be a line of teams that want to give you a chance again. So this is strike two. I don't think he's going to get to a strike three here. I think I think um, this could be the end of the road for him. All right, let's leave it there. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Nick Hamilton talking about the Stanley Cup Finals, the WNBA, the NBA Finals, all that good stuff. When we come back right here on the Mighty Air 1090 in Southern California, the Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM, AM 716. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's go out to the Circus Sports guest hotline right now and join our good friend Nick Hamilton. Nick, how are you? Going good, man. Feeling good. Feeling great. How are you? Feeling good, Nick. Uh, game one of the Stanley Cup Finals is uh, here in Las Vegas on Saturday. Game two on Monday. Uh, we spent the first segment talking about the NBA Finals tonight. But again, you know, you've uh, you you follow hockey. Um, your thoughts on this? Uh, again, no matter what, Nick, we are going to have a first time Stanley Cup champion. This is the second yeah. time in six years for the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, second time for the Florida Panthers since uh, back 
when they first began back in 96. Um, your thoughts on this Daily Cup? Well, first of all, congratulations to the Vegas Golden Knights organization. I think for this, they've done a remarkable job in such a short period of time to be able to construct a team um, to be able to battle for a Stanley Cup, not once, but twice. Um, but when you look at this Golden Knights team, uh, they definitely have been battle tested. I mean, they were up 3-0, had to go through some adversity a little bit for games five and even game six, even though they won, uh, you know, game six. Um, I think that um, when you got a prime team like the Golden Knights, uh, you know, I'm picking the Golden Knights in six. Okay. Um, I like with the Panthers. I like the front line of the Panthers, but I think – you know, when you've gone through certain things, and I think the Golden Knights, they, they've learned from their last time of being in the Stanley Cup. Um, I think, you know, the, the, the proper adjustments were made. So I'm going to go with the Golden Knights in six, my man. Nick, you were just in Las Vegas, and you spent a lot of time here. I mean, um, it's one thing when you, they build the facilities or they get these events mm -hmm. like the Super Bowl. They've really cultivated uh, two cultures and two teams here that have been built for sustained success. Not the Raiders, of course. We'll see what happens with them long-term. But, <laughs> but Las Vegas Aces, and by the way, I mean, the only question with them, Nick, is are we going to get a close game this year or are they just going to blow out all the teams? They are the defending WNBA champions, favored heavily to repeat. The Vegas Golden Knights, favored to win their first cup championship. Again, it's one thing when you get these teams. It's something else when you build this culture is there a line? Is there something that you can compare these two? Because again, it's it's these these are the two best teams in the respective sports right now. No, I think they have their own entity, and I think they have their own identity. Rather, I think they, like I said, you don't you look at what Mark Davis has done with the with the Las Vegas Aces, not just being able to create a culture, but it starts from the top, and he showed that it starts from the top when he's hired great minds. Uh, who happen to be black women and women of color and other people as well. Um, whereas the higher up, the upper management to head coach Becky Hammond to the players, um, I think they've created a, such a great culture. I mean, building a state of the art practice facility for these young ladies to show them that, hey, we believe in you. Um, now you gotta, you gotta bring it. You gotta bring it every night on the court. Um, and I think we may have a back-to-back a, a -back champion on our hands. I think it's gonna be much uh, tighter this season because obviously there's 40 games now instead of 36. Um, you've got a couple of new pieces, but also teams are gunning for you because when you have the bullseye on your back, as we've experienced in Los Angeles with these, you know, Laker teams, these Dodger teams, even the Kings, uh, back in 2012 and 2014, even the Rams, uh, from 20, you know, from 2020. Um, I think that, you know, it's a different mindset that you have to have. And same thing with the Golden Knights. Once the Golden Knights, they're able to, to win a Stanley Cup. I think it's great for the city of Las Vegas. I think Las Vegas is a growing metropolis, as you mentioned with the Raiders. Um, the Las Vegas A's will be coming um, in just a couple of years. And then also there's, you know, there's talk about of an NBA team coming uh, to the Las Vegas area as well. So they'll have the complete final, you know, the big four and big five, as they say, um, in sports. But I, as I said on Twitter, when you saw the, the back and forth that I was having uh, with your employee, you know what I'm saying? Um, I think Vegas is a growing metropolis. I think that Vegas is 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 a is a growing market for not just sports, uh, but also entertainment value as well. But to try to compare the two between Las Vegas and Los Angeles is just absolutely ridiculous because Los Angeles is truly the entertainment capital It's the number two market for a reason. Um, and 
not only do we have sports, but you got you have entertainment. You know, you have award shows, hopefully, um, and you have you know everything else. So I think with Vegas, to get back to your original question, I think Vegas is just it's a growing metropolis. You're seeing these teams um, come around. Um, you know, we'll see, like you said, with the Raiders and hopefully the A's a, a, a turn a new leaf and uh, whoever this NBA team is going to be. And I think it's going to be great for the city. I think it's great for the fans. And I think it's great for the economy as well. Real quick, before I let Brandon chime in, you're, you're 100% right. And again, I, I think where people get a little mistake, I mean, there, it, Los Angeles and New York are in a different stratosphere um, because you, you have two professional sports teams in every major league. So while Vegas, <laughs> while Vegas is very excited to get one major league baseball team and that could happen in 27 or 28 and it would be, as we've seen, it's like the worst team in the league. Los Angeles has two major league baseball teams, two NBA teams, two hockey teams, two major league soccer. Like they have two of everything. And where they're different than New York, Nick, is they have college. And I can't tell you, I mean, again, if you were to say the most popular league is professional football, I would argue number two is college football. Well, New York doesn't really have college football. Well, Los Angeles does. And not only do they have college football, they have the super-duper star in college football and Caleb Williams, top five team this year in USC, Coliseum's going to be packed. So it's different. I love Vegas. No one loves Vegas more than I do. I love that. You're the mayor. <laughs> right. Well, Nick, you go back to 2016, they had no professional sport. So it is really remarkable right. and a testament to them that now by, by 28, I do believe they will have a team at every major professional sports league, which again, you know, puts them on par with uh, Chicago, with Boston, whatever. Los Angeles and New York are different. And it's no shame to say, listen, slow your roll. You're, you're, you're not Los Angeles. But again, no one is comparable except New York. And I would say New York's not even comparable because New York doesn't have college. Well, New York, and also, too, you got to understand this, too, Arash, and I know you do. The Big Ten, which is the second best conference in college sports, decided that they wanted to tap into the number two market and yeah. approach USC. And USC said, if you take us, you're taking UCLA, basically. Yeah. And they take so now they're taking UCLA and USC when it comes to tapping into the second largest market because they know the revenue is going to be bananas when it comes, like you said, to college football, especially on Saturdays. Wow. Um, and they're going to be adding some oh, some more Pac-12 teams to the mix later on. So, um, yeah, I think L.A. is just L.A. It is what it is. I love, you know, I love my city. Sometimes it gets on my nerves, but I love my city <laughs> just like you do. Um, but I think, yeah, L.A., New York, Chicago are the top three media markets for a reason. Yep. Absolutely. By the way, Nick, I thought, you know, uh, shout out to our boy, Adri uh, Adrian, but he was That's so my wrong. guy, man. I love Adrian, man. That's you were, you guy, were, but man. like, he was trying to act like, and look, Arash loves Vegas, but let's be honest with ourselves. It's not Los Angeles as a <laughs> metropolis. I love, it's just not. <laughs> I love that I have two friends who rep their cities, and I would, res I, I expect Adrian to do that. Listen, the fact of the matter is, however, if we had a big board, and you were to rank, if you were to say, how many NBA teams do you have? Vegas has zero. And again, it's not just that Los Angeles has teams. They have the Lakers. They have the Dodgers. They have, uh, you know, the Kings. And again, kudos to the Vegas Golden Knights for getting to their second cup yeah. final in six and, years. And the Aces. The Aces are elite well, too. But like, but, but my, oh, point, yeah, is, but my point is the Kings have 
they won two cups, and Nidek and I were there. They won in 2012. They won in 2014. Yeah. So what Vegas is going through right now, we've been there, and we've done that. And so, listen, I love that my two friends rep their cities. If you're breaking it listen. down, it's not even close. Los Angeles is one. But by the way, the, the, the reason that these, the, the, the Sporting Tribune was created, the, what's not a debate is that the 270 miles that connect Los Angeles and Vegas, when you're talking about Super Bowls, when you're talking about college football championships, right. the Final Four, that's the hub. But if you were to separate them, it's you can't, you can't compare Vegas to Los Angeles. Well, yeah. Listen, I love Adrian. That's my guy. I think he's a talented dude. He does a lot of great work. Um, but the difference is also, too, Arash, I'm really from the city. Yeah, I'm really from yeah. here. I'm born and raised in the city. I'm south of the ten, east and west of the one ten. I'm re I'm really I'm really from the city. So it's like when you see it in real time, you know it's a beautiful thing. But at the same time, you got to understand that it's growing. You know, what I'm yeah. saying? and once upon a time, L.A. was growing. You know what I mean? We didn't always have two of everything. Yeah. Um, and it's still growing. You know what I mean? We're hosting the Olympics, one of the greatest, you know, global games. Um. By far, you know, to be able to host the 2028 Olympics in Los Angeles in Inglewood. Um, so it's a lot. It's a lot to it's a lot to compact. Um, but let's be clear. Also, like I said, if it weren't for the L.A. Kings coming out to Vegas and really generating that that oh, yeah. that, that that thirst for hockey, the Vegas Golden Knights would have not appeared. Yes. And if you want to get even more technical, if Wayne Gretzky didn't join the Kings back in the day. There would be no Anaheim Ducks. There would be no San Jose Sharks. Um and, and and leading up until the Vegas Golden Knights. So let's yeah. be clear, LA set the tone in certain regards when it comes to closer cities. Again, I love Las Vegas. That's like almost my second home now. I'm out there so much. I'm, <laughs> I'm about to be the Arash Markazi 2.0. There we go. <laughs> yeah, Nick. I, Nick, I wanted to ask you because I know, you, like me, you're high on the Denver Nuggets. You probably think they're going to win it all. Um. I think it's going to be a longer series than a lot of people give credit for. You know, everyone's like, oh, it's going to be four or five. It's good. But like the tenacity, the moxie, the grit, the grind of this Heat team, I feel like they can pull out at least two wins. I think this is a six or seven game series because of Spolstra's adjustments, too. He's going to make defensively. What are your thoughts? Let me tell you this much, man. I'm not going to say you're wrong in that because I think you, you know, you, you analyze basketball like nobody's business. That's why you are who you are. Uh, I appreciate it. I'm going to say, Denver and five because Bam out of bio and Jimmy buckets are going to have to have a defensive games out of their minds. And I just don't think they're capable of doing that for every single game. I mean, Jokic is who he is. I mean, Anthony Davis gave his best and it still wasn't enough. I mean, he just used, he used Deandre Aiden like old t tissue paper in a gas station restroom. All right. So it's just, it's, it's, it's no comparison, but the, the thing is everybody focuses on Jokic. But really, Jamal Murray is the key, and I don't think they'll be able to figure him out game by game by game because I think Mike Malone uses him in such sneaky and such unique ways where he's able to elevate his game and be able to maneuver his game um, to be able to get other guys open, the, you know, the, the, the hyphen, you know, KCP, um, guys like that that really contribute. And I think those are the guys that really get overlooked because we're so focused on Jamal Murray and Jokic. I think those are the guys you got to really pay attention to. Um, even though, you know, Tyler Hero is scheduled to come back possibly by game three or game four, it could be too little too late. And also, you got to remember this too Tyler Hero has not been in basketball shape for quite some time. Um, 
So I think that's going to play some type of factor. And also the altitude is going to play a factor. I think it's going to be a sluggish first half for the Denver Nuggets uh, because they had such a long layoff. Remember the Lakers back in 01, I believe, when they swept everybody and then came into the Philadelphia 76ers in that final series and how they were sluggish and got beat, um, you know, in overtime in game one. But they came back and took pretty much four straight um, when they collected themselves and got themselves together. So I think the Denver Nuggets, even if they lose one, they're going to, you know, collect themselves. They're going to get it right back into uh, into the swing of things and be able to to dominate like we've seen them dominate uh, the Western Conference all, all season long. And they're the number one team for a reason. So I'm not going to say, hey, okay, because Jimmy Buckets is having a, having a, a, a great playoff series uh, for the most part. Uh, to just say, I'm saying, oh, it's going to be a seven-game series with Denver. Hell no, I'm not going to disrespect Denver like that. Look, you can you can pop me upside my head once, but you damn sure ain't going to do it again. Uh, <laughs> and I'm not I'm not falling for the okie doke. So I got Denver in five. What I will say too, though, um, is I feel like the Heat have more depth and more bodies defensively that they can throw at Denver than the Lakers. I mean, Vanderbilt couldn't stay on the court because of his offense. Great defender, special defender, but couldn't stay on the court because of his offense. Caleb Martin can put up 20-plus points, and he can play elite defense, right? Gabe Vincent is a guy that can actually score and be on Jamal Murray, and I'm not going to say he's going to shut him down because you're right. It's impossible to shut down Jamal Murray, but I'm just saying they can throw more bodies at the role players and at guys like Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray, which is why I think it's not going to be a, a sweep for sure. It's probably going to be a six or seven yeah. inches. That's my reasoning. Now, of course, it could be five, and Denver is like a special. Like, there's a reason why they're being compared to the 18 Warriors with their offensive scheme, you know? Brandon, who was a better team, Denver or Boston? Denver. Okay. And you saw what Boston did, right? Yeah. Boston threw everybody. They threw the kitchen sink. They threw the mummies. They threw. They threw bones. They did everything they could and still couldn't. And still couldn't get over the hump. Right. Yeah. So when I look at this, my when I look at the Denver Nuggets, and I'm looking at them, and everybody say, "Oh, you know, I mean, Jokic is built like a damn bread box, right?" <laughs> so I mean, he's nothing. You know, you can, but you can't move him. Like it's hard to move him. You out there looking like boo boo juice. Like when you're trying to sit up there and. You know, like I said, with Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis was probably the last line of defense that he tried to give. And that was his opportunity to say, yo, I'm the guy. And Jokic said, no, you're really not. You think you are, but you're really not. And he proved it. Um, and I think when you look at just the way this Denver team is constructed, the way they've been able that Mike Malone's been able to make adjustments, as you said about Eric Spolstra, I think it's been very, very beneficial um, and, it, and it's something special about this Denver team, man. It, 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 like I said before, I think I was on here a couple of weeks ago, and I said it kind of reminded me of the year the Aces won their championship because it was just something special about this team. It was something different. They had that it factor that got them over the hump, and I think it's the same thing with the Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets has had that it factor. They've been, dis they've been disrespected. They've been counted out so many times, and Mike Malone has been able to create a culture in Denver for the time that he's been in. And, and you got to give it up to Stan and Josh Crockey as well for believing in Mike Malone. Uh, when we talked to him, you know, a couple of days ago, that's one of the things he pointed out is that, Hey man, I have an organization that has my back that believes in me. It allows me to be, have the freedom to do what I need to do to be able to make this team a championship contender. And he's absolutely correct in that. So you, I think this Denver team is just a, 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 a few hairs above the rest. And I think they're going to show up and show out 
uh, in this series. But I think it'll be a fun series to watch. If you're a basketball fan, if you're the NBA, you're not so happy. If you're television, you're not real happy because it's the it's the markets. It's not going to do as well as people anticipate this series doing from a number standpoint, from a, uh, from a money standpoint, because it's not two top-notch teams that are going at it. Nick, I know you have to um, head out. Last question for you. Nikola Jokic was the prohibitive favor to win most, the most valuable player. You were one of the first uh, people in the media to say, no, 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 hold, you know, slow your roll. Joel Embiid should win. Kendrick Perkins got on board. A lot of other people did as well. Joel Embiid did win most valuable player. That being said, Nick, I mean, if, 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 if the Joker does what he's done this postseason and he wins his first championship, Will you change your tune? I mean, this guy may be one of the greatest players in league history. No, I won't change my position because it's a regular season award. And when you look at the overall regular season as it pertains to the the, the accolades that and, and, the, and the things that Embiid had accomplished, you absolutely have to still give it to Embiid. Now, that doesn't mean our postseason, obviously, is a different type of season. If we're going to give a postseason MVP award, then absolutely Jokic should get the postseason MVP award. But when it comes to this regular season, no, just because he won a championship. He's not the first non-MVP to win a championship, um, and he certainly won't be the last. Um, guys step up when, at the most critical moments, and Jokic has shown that, hey, man, I am that guy. He's emerged. I, I, I've said this even on other shows. He has emerged as as a top notch superstar in this league, and if he can, and now he's going to have to continue it. Once he was won a championship, he's going to have to continue it and win multiple championships to show that it wasn't a fluke. Because unlike Giannis Antetokounmpo, who I call the luckiest champion of of the times, um, has yet to show that he can win another chip. Um, and Jokic has the opportunity to eclipse that um, and be able to to win multiple championships if. Denver does what they need to do as far as upgrading their roster defensively and getting some defensive presence, uh, more defensive presence, I should say, on that roster within the next season or two. Nick, you're the best. I know you have to head out. We will talk to you next week, my friend. Uh, Thank you so much, as always. Thank you, good sir. Thank you. All right. I will talk to you soon. Uh, Brandon, you heard Nick. Listen, uh, uh, you were you hedged your bet real 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 quick. Uh, do you agree? Do you think now in hindsight, Jokic should have won regular season again? He'll probably win the NBA Finals MVP. Should Jokic have won the regular season Most Valuable Player? Absolutely. I know Nick's like, oh, it's regular season. <laughs> like, like what, are we, what are we talking about? Like, they, they they had the one seed for like the whole year. He's the best offensive player in the league. He possibly, by the way, his best season offensively all around of the last three MVP seasons. I mean, thirty three point one points per game. Better defender. Give him credit. What did he do? I mean, he's. Just, I mean, he got to the line most of the time. No offense. Yeah. I don't think he was impacting his guys on offense as much. So, Jokic. Yeah. That's who I would have voted for. Gotta just, listen, listen to Brandon. Listen to the numbers. You'll 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 do well. All right, that's all the time we uh, have for today. Do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying, "Stay safe, stay healthy." This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by... Thank you for listening to Believe. 
you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.